Bing bong. I'm back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast where I'm joined by D at Hoddle D from CoinKite. He's a support specialist over there. So we get into a little bit of his orange pill story. We get into how we both got a little scammed at the beginning. You know, shit happens. All right. So don't uh, criticize us too much. Get into that a little bit about the outskirts of the Bitcoin world, what it's like working at a Bitcoin cold card and encouraging people to go through, you know, self-custody and other things like that. Then we get into six current event stories around the greater Bitcoin space. Get into Alex Mashinsky resigning as CEO from Celsius Networks. Interpool, they're now issuing a red notice to arrest uh, Do Kwan, uh, the co-founder of Terraform Labs and creator of Luna Token. And then Strike, raising $80 million during their latest funding round. A little bit about what that money means and maybe some critiques on Strike and everything they got going on. And we get into the Bank of England going through seemingly endless QE to buy more government bonds. When will these guys learn? I don't know. I don't know. And then Bukele, of course, going at them publicly on Twitter. What it's been like to have a public figure like Bukele go at them. And then lastly, the crypto mining data center Compute North is now filing for bankruptcy. So what all that means and much, much more. So as always, ladies and gents, this is not financial advice. Everything you hear in this podcast is not financial advice and should not be taken as such. So please, please, please do your own due diligence and know that everything said in this podcast between me and Dee is strictly our opinion. Now let's get into the show. Whoosh. All right, we are live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. And I want to thank everybody who's reached out to me in the past couple of days uh, via Twitter DMs or other sources. I am in Tampa for those of you that know and kind of follow me through there and Everything with the hurricane kind of hit a, a little bit south of Tampa, me. For um, those of you I that just know and kind had, of follow me through oh, there, and I just had a uh, like a tree branch or something like kind of fall on my driveway. Um, getting some people to kind of come and help me get that out of the way, but other than that, and no damage and everything's good. So prayers up to those affected, and uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's some donation links going around. I'll actually put those in the show notes as well if. Uh, you know, you have anything to donate to anybody that is affected in the hurricane. I know we're all praying for South Florida. Um, so uh, thank you all for the kind messages. And uh, I'm okay. And I'm here still putting out content. I got a great show. And I also want to thank everybody that's listened on podcasting 2.0 apps. So, uh, you know, I, I usually like to read a lot of the fountain boosts. And I've gotten a lot of boosts, but nobody really wrote too many notes this week. So, um, I had one user just write, go ahead from the last uh, state of Bitcoin with Jaime about uh, reelecting or potentially reelecting Nayib Bukele in El Salvador. So if you haven't given that a listen, please do. But I got a very special guest today. I got D at Hoddle D from CoinKite. D, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, as you said, Hoddle D, you can find me on Twitter, um, and I work for uh, CoinKite. We do some Bitcoin stuff, so uh, yeah. Cool. Well, let's bring it back. Let's. Why don't you give us a, a little bit of your orange pill story and kind of how you got started in the Bitcoin world? 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually on uh, Gary's show uh, from BitBlock Boom the other week. And he was, uh, you know, he's the bit, he's the, uh, the Bitcoin boomer, right? And uh, a lot of boomers uh, tend to get scammed. Uh, and I was the same. <laughs> so my intro was basically, you know, I was on Telegram. Some guy was, you know, I was doing some Forex trading, you know, I wanted to get into trading, day trading, stuff like that. And uh, some guy was like, hey, you know, uh, give me a Bitcoin, I'll give you two Bitcoin, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, and it was like a small amount. And I was like, whoa, you know, I just doubled my money. He's like, all right, now give me more money. And then obviously that was when uh, he took uh, lots of money from me. <laughs> so, um, you know, realized how uh, immutable Bitcoin was super early in my uh, career because <laughs> I uh, couldn't get it back. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of my intro and then started diving down that rabbit hole a little more and uh, joined, uh, you know, Bitcoin Twitter and got a little bit more of a presence there. And yeah, so now I'm working for CoinKite. Uh, we're a Bitcoin only hardware uh, company. Uh, we sell lots of uh, things as well, as well as our uh, cold card. You know, we sell uh, the block clock. We got a micro uh, block clock coming out um, about now. Uh, we have some new cards that we're uh, selling that's basically like, uh, you know, a hardware wallet in your in your wallet. Uh, instead of having, you know, like a expensive device, you can have a card that really stores all your Bitcoin for you. Um, you know, we sell open dimes, hats, cards, stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. And that's funny that you got you got scammed. You know, I actually like I don't think I've really told this story publicly because I just got reminded of it like the other week or two ago. But I was trying to buy tickets to a concert and okay. somebody uh somebody tried to get me to send them bitcoin i don't think it was bitcoin i think it was like an amazon gift card or something but like the email address was like bitcoin princess or something like that at email.com <laughs> so uh and I, that was like back when i was in high school so i was like before 2012 or something so wow. Wow. Uh, i'm sure that uh that lady who was scamming some people ended up making it off pretty good she's probably a millionaire now my god yeah, exactly <laughs> all from all from scamming but um, yep. yeah, so, uh, I guess, you know, you, I, you had a speech at a, uh, at Bitblock Boom and, you know, you've kind of gotten ingrained into the Bitcoin space. And the thing I really like about, uh, CoinKite is that you guys really help people, you know, hold their own keys. And I think right now is like, you know, I mean, maybe not as much in the news as maybe a few months ago when a lot of these, uh, you know, exchanges were stopping withdrawals. But, you know, how's your experience been interacting with Bitcoiners and kind of, uh, you know, encouraging them to hold their own keys? Do you, you know, kind of feel that since everything has kind of started stopped withdrawals and you've seen the Celsius and like the Voyager kind of drama and it, things kind of start to unfold, has it made it a little bit easier uh, of a selling point to be like, hey, you know, hold your own keys and you don't really need to explain the importance behind it? Or uh, are you kind of se seeing like, you know, still some of the similar mental hurdles to get over? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we definitely, I think we've definitely seen a lot more sales because of these, um, you know, <laughs> news articles and stuff coming out that, hey, like this, yeah, this company um, just kind of rugged everyone and left. Um, but uh, yeah, no, education is definitely key, right? Um, even now, I still find that people still love to use Coinbase and they love to use um, custodial services because they think it's more, you know, easy and convenient. But, um, you know, with a five minute YouTube tutorial, you can learn how to literally hold your own keys and not have to worry about that. Right. It's just like eliminating that risk. It's like, why would I want to have counterparty risk uh, if I don't if I don't have to. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people still struggle with that. And I think that's going to be a long battle 
um, that we're going to, that we're going to fight over the years because, um, you know, we just haven't seen the full effects of, you know, what it means to have all these companies um, go bankrupt, right? Some might, some might, some might not. Um, but I think, you know, the whole paper Bitcoin versus real Bitcoin kind of um, argument is, is going to be a, a long, a long drawn out one um, just because um, people don't realize, you know, how many IOU Bitcoins there are in exchanges um, and it's guaranteed more than 21 million. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I don't know when that, um, you know, that catalyst will happen, but I think people, you know, even now with, with like I said, with Celsius and other companies going bankrupt, they, they do realize it. Uh, it just takes some time and some education for sure. Yeah. And like, I, it's interesting that you, you kind of brought up that, that hurdle, right? Cause I mean, I think like for Bitcoin to really succeed, it might be, there might be something like that, you know, where it's, you know, you have a, a bank account similarly to, you know, what you have on your phone right now where you can access your Bitcoin and you have that as your, I guess, spending Bitcoin, but then your savings account is more like in the, the cold card or, you know, in cold storage or whatever. Um, so have you kind of like gotten to that point where that's how you're trying to explain it, where if you're transacting or moving Bitcoin around, or is it still just like people just want to be able to see how much they have and it's just, you know, easily pulling up a website or a phone app or something like that in order to kind of, you know, see how much they actually have. Yeah. Good question. Um, I think, uh, like even in my workshop in at Bitblock Boom, there I I, I kind of did what you were saying, right? You know, you have your hot wallet, which is like your your checking account or your um, walking around money, you know, spare change in your pocket, and then you have your 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 vault, right? Your your cold card, your your cold storage device, uh, fully offline, uh, stuff like that. Um, so that's that's the way that we kind of uh, educate people and kind of teach them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. It, it just takes a while for people to realize, right? It's, it's a few touches, right? Even with us, maybe with you, you learned about Bitcoin in 2012, but it, you know, it took a, you know, five, six, seven touches um, for you to realize, oh, you know what? I should get some of this Bitcoin stuff or, oh, you know what? Maybe I should put some of this in cold storage. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, people like phones. They like the convenience. Um, they want to just check it on their phone. They want to see how much they have. Um, so I get that part. Um, so that's why, like, even with our tap signer, like I said, it's like a card. Uh, instead of a hardware wallet, um, that could be like a semi-cold wallet where it's like a two-factor authentication. So instead of having your hot wallet on your phone that you can spend money right away uh, without any auth authenticator, um, you can use this card and say, you know, I want to send this amount of Bitcoin to, you know, said person. Okay, in order to send the Bitcoin, you need to, you need to tap your card. You need to tap your card, put in your PIN, um, and then uh, you can send those funds. So just trying to bridge that gap between convenience and security uh, is definitely a tricky one, but um, you know, it's it's only 13 years old, so uh, it, we're gonna keep uh, innovating and making uh, better products, and you know, get get people to where they need to be, where they're not uh, getting rugged. Yeah, I agree, and I think that there's a lot of you know people building around this space, and I think it's gonna get a little bit more convenient. Um, but you know, on the note of me. I guess hearing about Bitcoin in 2012 doesn't necessarily mean I, bought, I was smart enough to buy any then. Granted, right. I was not right. just in high school, so um, you know maybe I maybe if I looking back, uh, yeah, I guess everybody wishes that right they bought Bitcoin. Oh, of course, but, of course, um, everyone takes a few touches, right? It's not uh, it's not as soon as you hear Bitcoin, you're all in Bitcoin, right? I mean, uh, I heard of Bitcoin many years ago, just like yourself in high school. Saw some. YouTube video of some guy doing some mining in his garage. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? Like, what the heck? Like, 
Okay. And then like, you know, four or five years later, I'm like, damn it. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, exactly. And it, it, journey. Yeah. And it seems like more people are kind of getting in on Bitcoin right now. And so for you that are, that are like working in the space, are you seeing a lot more newbies even come in, even with this, you know, I guess, you know, we can call it a bear market at this point where, you know, you saw it in the news. We're not, we're not seeing a lot of people FOMO in now. It seems like, you know, at least for me, anecdotally, it seems like a lot of people are kind of steadily getting into the space. Are you kind mm -hmm. of seeing the same thing uh, over at CoinKite? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I'm the support guy, so I get all the emails. Um, there's no dumb questions. You know, there's there's plenty of uh, beginner questions, plenty of advanced uh, questions. But yeah, I have seen a lot more uh, beginner questions kind of, you know, just talking about like how to use the product itself or, you know, how to um, transfer some Bitcoin from an exchange to the wallet. Uh, just, you know, very simple things, which which is not an issue, right? I love helping everyone. So it's um, I, I encourage those uh, questions. But yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot of pe more people getting in the space. Um, you know, everyone was talking to their grandma and their family and the relatives like last year saying, I'm buying Bitcoin, I'm going all in. And then, uh, yeah, it, that maybe didn't turn out um, the way that we hoped. Um, I, I'm a little bit of a bear when it comes to Bitcoin, maybe just because I'm greedy. I just want lower Bitcoin. I, I definitely think we're in a bear market. Um, but in terms of your question, I, I think there's a lot of people coming in and discovering it. And the fact that it, it is 70% off right now, um, does entice people and people, you know, realize, well, if it's 70% off, you know, if it goes back up, I'm going to get a lot of gains. Right. Um, so, um, I think it's a benefit for Bitcoin and it's a benefit for me because I get more uh, sats per dollar, but, uh, you know, yeah, the more people, the better. Yeah. And it seems like it's funny because it seems like everybody around that's investing it seems like the only people that are kind of happy that the prices are depressed are bitcoiners you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody else is like all right my stock portfolio is down a shit ton real estate's down a ton you know whatever else you're investing in shit coins are, are down a bunch and and people mm -hmm. are kind of you know hating everything that's going on really worried about the global economy but uh you know many bitcoiners like me and you are like hey cheaper sats so why don't we just keep on stacking so i think you know, that's that's like the beauty of Bitcoin is it it's taught a lot of people, you know, longer time horizon. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I guess being a support guy, do you kind of I, I guess get a lot of those questions where it's like more like, all right, you know, they're, they're starting to freak out when they see the price drop down dramatically or they're seeing some of these swings and, you know, yeah, as somebody who's working at a company that encourages cold storage, are you seeing people kind of scramble like, all right, how do I get these, uh, you know, my sats back onto, a, say, a hot wallet to sell or something like that? Are you seeing, for the most part, people still kind of, I guess, stacking and, and uh, you know, hodling on and, and uh, through this bear market? Yeah, I think we saw a lot more people freaking out when the whole three arrows, um, Celsius, you know, like kind of that month. Uh, I think in the beginning of the summer there, um, that kind of, I feel like really freaked people out and it, it might've been, um, yeah, a, a nice boost in sales for sure. Um, uh, but now I don't see people, you know, really saying, Oh, I want to sell it. Like, how do I transfer it off here? Um, like I said, we still get pretty beginner questions and how to, how to transfer on and off and whatnot. And a lot of people get confused, um, when they're using say, uh, Spectre or Sparrow and they're like, I see the funds on Sparrow, but I don't see them on my cold card. And it's like, well, the funds that are on Sparrow that you're seeing is what's on your cold card. The cold card is a fully offline device. It can't, it doesn't 
it doesn't know how much bitcoins in each address right stuff like that um but for the most part yeah just uh you know bear markets gonna be bear markets and uh um, pretty pretty average questions but again you know there's no dumb questions right this is the best time to learn best time to buy um it's at an extreme discount uh, even for a bear like myself you know I, I, i'm a bear but you know i'm buying here too right i'm not i'm not waiting for 10k or whatever um but i'll buy it if it gets there yeah i think that's the best way to do it too is like timing any kind of market whether it's stocks or whatever i mean it's always hindsight looks 2020 you could have bought you know during one time and gotten ex exponentially more and all this and that but i think at the end of the day you know the the best way for me and i guess just like mentally just going through the stresses of the swings and everything especially at the beginning was just mm -hmm. you know dca in and just just chill and just keep keep going back to the fundamentals and understand why you got into bitcoin that's um, right that's the name that, of the game yeah exactly and that brings me to our first story so we're going to start going into some of the current event stories now sure. um and the the first one I'm going to start off with is the CEO of Celsius Network, Alec Alex Mashinsky, has resigned. So he's been very controversial. A lot of his clips and previous interval views have come up, and Celsius was essentially the first exchange that kind of shut off withdrawals. Uh, but now it's rumored that there's a two and two point eight five billion dollar gap in Celsius's balance sheet. <laughs> and uh, Mashinsky said in a um, <clears throat> in a re in the press release that him being the CEO has become a distraction. And he believes his resi <laughs> his resignation will help the progress of the bankruptcy and Celsius to kind of claw its way out. So, you know, what do you think of like all uh, like all these products and services? You know, not just exchanges, but, uh, you know, a lot of these yield services, I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of newbies would kind of try to get in and go to a company like Celsius or some of these other companies that offer these extreme yields and say like, hey, you know, instead of buying DCAing in, I'm going to get this company to essentially give me more Bitcoin for free, like a bank account is what they say, right? The banks right. are evil, but these nice companies are great. So. You know, how do you view overall just, you know, these exchanges and these yield services? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a uh, big question to uh, answer. I'll try my best. Um, you know, obviously, I am no uh, guru. So this is just my opinion. You know, I don't know all the facts, um, but <clears throat> I think they're all scammers <laughs> just to start off. Um, you know, if someone's offering you a 20 percent yield, a.k.a. anchor, um, you know, and you don't know where that yield's coming from obviously you're the yield, right? I mean, it's, it's that simple. And people were like screaming about this for months, if not like since like last year, they're like, listen, like this is not sustainable. Um, if if they're giving you this incredibly high yield, you know, again, it's it, you are the yield, right? You, you're basically paying off earlier investors by getting more money and more money and more money. And uh, once once the liquidity that's coming in is is all dried up, um, then you're toast, right? I mean, then your UST uh, stablecoin uh, gets, de you know, unanchored and uh, and you're screwed, right? Uh, people lost billions of dollars. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really don't like them. Um, and I think there's just so many red flags, so many warning signs. And I just feel like a lot of people are just being taken advantage of, right? Um, people on spaces are, are really pushing these things. I mean, rug pull, Rug Paul, you know, uh, was shilling this stuff. So many people were uh, obviously paid to shill this stuff, and um, and 
and they just got screwed, right? It's, it's, it, it's a tale as old as time. Uh, and uh, there's so many of these pump and dumps, whether it's like a pump and dump coin or if it's a pump and dump company that's offering you a high yield um, that's not really, um, you know, sustainable. Um, so the whole Alex Mashinsky thing is hilarious because I remember listening on to Twitter spaces, um, I think maybe a week after they put on huddle mode or huddle mode. Um, and he's like, everything's fine, guys. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, you know, we got so much new stuff in the pipeline this year. Uh, and then like, yeah. And then the next week after that, it was like, yep, they're filing for chapter 11 bankruptcy or whatever it was. And Alex is like, to no one knows where he is and yada yada so um yeah i just think a lot of people are full of shit <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's just it's tricky sometimes because they 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 pry on the week and you know they'll go on these twitter spaces they'll get thousands of people in there show their shit um you know someone will come up on stage saying you know what is the risks and then they'll boot you off stage and say there are no risks it's all hunky-dory and nothing's gonna ro go wrong what are you talking about um as people are literally like you know screaming get out get out get out get out um so you know thankfully some people did get out I, I saw a few people on twitter you know saying thank you to you know you know the people that kind of were, were screaming the red flags i don't need to i don't need to uh, comment on their names but you know thank you blah 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 for telling me to get out of celsius i i just got out like a week before they froze everything blah 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 um so you know it's it's unfortunate, though, because it'll be turned and, and it'll be like, well, this is FUD. You know, people are just trying to short our token and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I mean, maybe. Sure, that might be a little bit. But um, also your whole company is, is a Ponzi. You know, it's, it's so we're just calling it like we see it. Um, and, um, you know, after we've, we've seen after these past few months that all those red flags that people were talking about were not FUD. And indeed, we're real um, and, and they're paying for it. So it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like, you know, I I don't know if Bitcoin Maxis on Twitter are like extremely happy that they were right, you know, because it, it, of course, some people get affected. Of course, they, you know, you're seeing big, big names, I guess is what you could call them, like crypto yeah. CEOs falling like Mashinsky and other things like that. But, you know, I, I guess like, how do we help? Like, I mean, I feel like these products are always going to come up in the crypto space, right? There's always going to be somebody else creating some other shit coin. There's always going to be somebody else trying to offer some product that they claim is better. There's always going to be somebody else that kind of helps, you know, feed into that human greed of people just wanting more and more and more. So how do we as Bitcoiners like kind of avoid uh avoid like orange pilling new people and avoid them I, I guess avoid orange pilling new people and bringing them in and then them all of a sudden going into the shit coinery and trying to chase some of these yields like how how have you explained like hey you know this is a ponzi or this this isn't sustainable like how are you kind of getting around that when you're trying to bring on new people into bitcoin yeah yeah i mean Sometimes it's trial by fire and, um, you know, that's the best way people learn. That's the best way I learned. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think people learn it at their own pace. And if you can learn faster than others, then that will benefit you. Uh, if you don't, then you're going to get burned and you're going to learn your lesson eventually. Right. Same with the whole rehypothecation Bitcoin stuff. Right. There's more IOU Bitcoin there than there are Bitcoin. Um, and eventually, um, there's going to be a margin call and, um, people are going to, 
want their coins and they're going to say, sorry, we don't have enough. Um, so yeah, it's a tale as old as time. There's going to be scammers everywhere. Um, and I just think education is always key and there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, um, I'm not you, you're not me. I, I can, can, I can try and tell you what I've learned and, but until you kind of go through it yourself and, and learn and maybe lose a few bucks in the process, then, um, you know, you're just not there yet, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's, you know, cause you could go on like, you know, obviously Bitcoin maxis on Twitter have a very loud voice. You know, some are diff- definitely, um, a little different than others. Um, I, I hope people don't put Bitcoiners in a box because of those people, but, um, you know, they can yell at the top of the rooftops and say, this is a total scam. And then there's going to be five other crypto bros on the same call saying, no, it's not. Um, look at our Ponzi nomics. Um, it, they're all good. And you're like, no, they're not. But I guess I'll see any year when you, when I can say, I told you so. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the, for the, I told you so stuff, you know, obviously it, it you know, it, it does obviously feel good to be right, but you know, you're, you're of course, right. People are going to get burned. People are going to lose money. Um, and it's not a fun process and it's not really like something I would laugh at. Um, but it's something that I would hope people learn from. And that's, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I saw a lot of tweets going around that the bear market has created a lot of, uh, Bitcoin maxis granted. I don't know if that was just bots or people kind of feeding into it or what, but right. I think that was like kind of the general narrative that I was seeing. And, uh, you know, a big part of that too was like the Luna scam. Right. So, you know, that kind of brings me to the next story, right. Where, where you have Interpool is issued a red notice for, uh, for Do Kwan, who is the co-founder of the Terraform labs, I believe mm-hmm. it, but anyway, they Bitcoin and um, USDT, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, he's it's interesting because he's claiming to not be on the run right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and he's claimed to be in Singapore, but Singapore has claimed that he's not in the nation state and his location is unknown. Um, so, I mean, just like you kind of said, right? Like Mashinsky, like nobody really knew where he kind of was for a little bit. There was rumors he was trying to flee the country. And it seems like when the going gets tough, like a lot of these guys, they just go on the run, right? <laughs> or find ways to kind of get around it. So, you know, I, I, how do we get more people to, I guess, not even get fooled by some of these like obvious scammers too? I mean, you know, I think that's one of the benefits of Bitcoin not having, you know, Satoshi as like an actual face, you know, facing the public and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, how do you, I, I guess when you're orange pilling people or kind of bringing them on or, or talking to them about Satoshi and they're asking a lot of questions, you know, do you find it that it's like a, almost a mental barrier that they don't know the CEO? Because that's something that I've kind of found is like, they're like, well, who, how should I trust this person? And then I'm pointing to people like Do Kwan and, and Mashinsky be like, wait, you trusted these people and like, look at what they're doing. So uh, are you kind of finding that where it's like the same kind of deal where that they're just, uh, I guess, a little sketched out because nobody knows who Satoshi is? Yeah, well, especially if they're not like a cryptographer or know anything about GitHub or, you know, stuff like that. I mean, personally, I don't know too much about it, but I can at least, you know, go to the Bitcoin core code and be like, hey, look, like you want to audit this? It's right here, right? Like, why do you need a CEO to tell you or to trust when you can literally trust this impenetrable, you know, immutable code <laughs> that's right in front of you, right? It's um, so I try and go that route. Um, 
I also ask, you know, hey, like, do you know anything about, you know, cryptography? Like, do you know what like hashing is? Stuff like that. Maybe just like these little key points that they can learn so they can, you know, trust it a little more, right? And kind of understand what's behind the hood or under the hood rather than just, you know, saying, you know, yeah, there's no CEO. Why would I trust this thing, right? So um, there's a lot of things you could point to. I like to kind of educate and, and show them, you know, yeah, the Bitcoin core code and, and talk about hashing, stuff like that to hopefully get them in that learning situation rather than just trusting, I guess. Um, but yeah, for the, 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 the thing, just hilarious. I, I did mix up, um, anchors, uh, 20% yield with, uh, Celsius's, uh, yield earlier. So that's my bad. Um, but yes, we were talking about, um, yeah, anchor and, and do that, that, that was also just a mat, like ex same thing as Celsius, right? Massive red flags going off. Like, like I was explaining earlier, just, just ridiculous yields that are not sustainable and, uh, you know, and, and people are like, oh, well, like, how did it fail? Like, you know, can we do better? Can we make a algorithmic stable coin better than this? I'm like, probably not. <laughs> You're going to run into the same problems, right? Like yield is a classic legacy um, thing that is, you know, dealing with like cash flow businesses, right? Like an oil company or a bank has like a 4% yield because they make money, right? They sell their oil, they, they do banking services and, uh, make uh you know provide you a service or give you an actual product whereas like luna is is literally just a coin that someone made that's everyone's shilling and you know once that liquidity dries up that's it right and i don't know i think people are just still stuck in this whole legacy yield system and it's 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 the classic keynesian issue right like people don't realize if you have a fixed supply uh token and more people adopt it that token will or coin will, you know, rise in value. You don't need to increase the supply to increase the value of each coin, right? And it's, it, it, it you, you gotta, I don't know, you'd have to read a Keynesian versus Austrian economics book to like get them to realize that. But obviously a five minute conversation on a bus or like at a party is, is definitely not gonna explain all this stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey for everyone, but you can, you can lead them in the right direction. Yeah, and I think like a lot of these Ponzi's now have kind of maybe gotten some people either their guard up when it comes to Bitcoin and maybe other cryptos mm -hmm. or, you know, they're wondering why others work. And, and I think they're starting to question, I guess, the status quo maybe is what I would call it in the crypto space. And I think that that needs to continue. And I hope that it will, because, you know, if it does, you know, we'll have less and less of these scams, but I think like the barrier to entry and just some of this stuff and the amount of money that can be made, it's just, you know, there's, there's too much human greed out there for, for this to be, to be stopped, unfortunately. And we're seeing like a lot of, you know, we'll see a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, Luna and some other Ponzi schemes, but I'm hoping not to that extent. Uh, and I hope these like, you know, these CEOs are, you, you know, that, people are seeing that they're just going to take your money and run and that, you know, eventually, hopefully there, there's some way that Do Kwan and some of these other people will, will get justice served to them because they've essentially just scammed a bunch of people. And, you know, I think as much as I hate regulation and I don't think that the like, regulation is good for Bitcoin, I think mm -hmm. like these companies around Bitcoin and crypto need to have some some sort of regulation or something like around it to you know at least keep track of uh, maybe like a proof of funds or or something like that because 
yeah, like you said, there's so much like IOU Bitcoin out there that at the end of the day, like these companies aren't going to be the ones that get screwed, right? They can file bankruptcy, yeah. they can do all this other stuff. And, you know, people will donate money or, or not donate, invest money, angel investments, whatever. They can fool a couple people with maybe a lot of money to help fund everything. But at the end of the day, you know, the retail guy is probably the guy that gets hurt the most because they have, you know, maybe it, some people have significant portions of their net worth in there. And so, you know, w w do you think that because of situations like this, there's going to be more regulations that kind of come down on companies surrounding Bitcoin and crypto? And, um, you know, do you think because of these scenarios that these regulations are not going to be super friendly, I guess, going forward? Yeah, uh, I think what you said about, um, you know, uh, I would say shareholders getting burnt or retail is very true. Uh, even in stocks, right? The early investors uh, or the quote unquote pre-miners, <laughs> they don't uh, they don't get burnt, right? They basically, you know, sell the tops, buy the bottoms, buy backs here, uh, you know, selling there. Um, so they don't get burnt. It's mostly retail. And yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, for regulation, I, I think I think there's a point where you know, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't, I, I like free market, you know, I'm not, uh, um, a re, you know, regulate everything kind of guy, but, um, you know, stocks are regulated and they need to be accountable and, you know, they're all insured and all, and whatnot. And crypto is just like the wild, wild west. And so I think a lot of stock traders or, you know, wall street guys are saying, Hey, like, what the heck? Like, why, why is stocks regulated? But, crypto's not right so we just need to have like a nice flat standard for everything and that's kind of where the regulation comes in um yeah and i hate picking winners and losers but you know i i do think to a certain extent regulation is good because then um that gives clarity to big big whales and big companies that want to buy in but aren't sure about buying in because it's still unregulated um so it's it's a there's pros and cons, right? I mean, you can regulate and then you get more whales and, you know, more number go up. But at the same time, you know, as long as we kind of stay in this lull, you know, we're in a bear market. People don't really um, care as much of Bitcoin as, you know, maybe you or I. Um, that gives us a great opportunity to stack. So <laughs> I, I am definitely not advocating for regulation. But if we want to see more adoption globally, I think um, that's a step um, that we're going to have to take or, you know, we're going to have to um, confront at some point. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I agree with you there, too. And it's going to be a step when that step happens or when that step occurs. I, I'm not sure what we can really predict any of that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of positives going around in the space, although of these two previous negatives, uh, for example, strike. Um, you know, for those who don't know, Strike's obviously a Bitcoin Lightning Network payment app, I would say. I guess uh, it's helping with uh, to revolutionize the process or the payment system and payment rails for larger, larger mer merchants, marketplaces and financial institutions. Their CEO, Jack Maulers, is, you know, extremely popular in the Bitcoin space. And they recently raised 80 million dollars in a funding round led by 1031 and joined by some interesting characters. They had uh, Wash U in St. Louis and the University of Wyoming also participate in there. So looks like some legacy financial systems 
our legacy uh, education systems kind of getting in with the development there as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, what do you think of, I guess, everything that Strike has kind of, uh, you know, done and, and said they're going to do lately? Um, and then, you know, obviously raising a bunch of money to con- continue to grow is, is a positive sign. But, you know, what are your overall your thoughts on Strike and, you know, what they've been doing for the Bitcoin space? Sure. Uh, I think they're a great company, you know, um, plain and simple. Uh, I wish they would come to Canada, but uh, <laughs> we don't have strike in Canada yet, but I'm sure uh, they'll figure that out soon. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're a cross-border, you know, cr- you know cross-payment platform. Um, they do kind of deal in USD, um, right? Like everything's kind of priced in USD. Um, they offer Bitcoin lightning payments. Um, that's awesome. They are offering, uh, hopefully coming soon with, uh, their partnership with NCR and like, kind of like the McDonald's Starbucks of the world where you can pay in Bitcoin. Um, I think once that finally is set in place, then that would be awesome. And I would happily buy McDonald's with, with Bitcoin and kind of do the spend and spend and replace method where, you know, at least I'm buying stuff with it and using it and circulating it and, um, so that, that's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, but you know, long-term, hopefully people can just use lightning. That'd be great. Um, you know, they are still a centralized custodial service, right? That you're giving your keys to them. So just kind of be aware of that. Um, but yeah, for, you know, for groceries, for gas, for, for daily bills, stuff like that, that'd be awesome if we could use Bitcoin to pay for it. Um, so I think what they're doing is awesome. It's great. Um, I would just be careful with maybe them growing a little too big, going corporate, you know, the usual thing where, you know, startup sounds great and then it turns into a really corrupt, <laughs> terrible company. Uh, I'm not saying that they will, obviously. Uh, I'm just saying maybe be wary of that and watch for it because um, I think um, some, some guy that uh, I know personally, um, he was trying to apply for a job there and everything on their back end is in USD. It's not in Bitcoin, right? I mean, I get it because you need to tie, tie things to the real world. Uh, but I wonder how uh, that's going to change moving forward or what they're going to do. But um, yeah, they seem like a great company. I love Jack. He's a cool guy. Um, hopefully they can get come back or uh, not come back, but come to Canada. And uh, hopefully they can, you know, fulfill those promises that they made. Um, you know, obviously they have um, some pushback and, you know, they have to deal with a lot of regular regulatory stuff. So I get it. You know, it's things don't just happen overnight. Um, they've probably been working on these things for years. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what the future holds for that, for that company. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I think that overall they're great for the space. Um, you know, I, I do have a strike, uh, but to be honest, I don't really use it too often. Uh, I find like it is mm. easier to kind of send dollars, um, than it is to send Bitcoin. So, I mean, I think it's more okay. of a, you know, just like a lightning app, so to speak, with dollars. And I think it, it really encourages the use of that, which is, you know, fine and dandy. But, you know, you can't even really send a uh, lightning invoice or, you know, receive, um, you know, Bitcoin on your strike app. And they make it like a little bit more difficult than send and receive dollars. So, I mean, if there's a critique on that, that that would be my biggest one. And, um you know, on the on the flip side too, I I don't really like how they're they're partnering with Visa to make a debit card either. 
And, right. uh, you know, we, we've had Jack kind of come up in Bitcoin 2022 and say, you know, Visa and MasterCard, these are two criminal companies. They charge this this fee and everything like that. And then now they're partnering with them. And so, you know, I, I think that this raise is good. Um, hopefully they can come up, you know, they can use this money to develop a lot of things that they've said they're going to do. But, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of things out of Stripe lately that have kind of made me question about where they're going. And I think like, you know, this raise is, it's not really one of them. It's just, you know, at the same time where like they made all these promises on what they're going to do. Um, like you said, you know, making it uh, the ability to pay in Bitcoin at, you know, say a Walmart or something like like that. You know, I'm, we're, we're still kind of waiting for that. And then they also partnered with Visa, who they kind of got up and, and went and ripped apart the, the legacy financial system. So I think, you know, for me, I, I'm hoping that this money will allow them to kind of, I guess, build towards those payment rails on, uh, you know, just general stores like a McDonald's or a uh, Walmart or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I hope that they kind of move away from the Visa card, to be honest, and kind of develop their own own sort of card but you know i i don't know if that's going to happen and it doesn't really seem like that's a way that it's trending and it's kind of bringing visa into the bitcoin space and i don't know i think that's you know obviously good for visa but i don't know if it's really good for strike and necessarily the entire bitcoin ecosystem yeah welcome welcome to corporate right it's 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 hard right you want to raise a bunch of money but then the people that are raising the money or giving you the money have uh, requests or they have suggestions and uh you know you took my money so i want this <laughs> or you know stuff like that right it's just that's how the world works right now unfortunately um and yeah so we'll see i think you know i think people are really trying to push or at least try and get bitcoin into the legacy system right we don't want to change much we kind of just want to integrate and then you know have that peaceful transition um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, um, that company deals with that going forward. But again, you know, I, you know, I am critical just like yourself, but, um, I, I don't want to judge before, um, you know, seeing something come to fruition. So we'll, uh, have to continue that on another time when they have, uh, some more stuff coming out that, you know, that's out yeah, <laughs> rather than coming sure. soon. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it comes out soon, but I mean, you made it, you made a point there that I, kind of want to dive into a little bit as well, but you sure. said about the big kind of integrating Bitcoin into the legacy financial system. You know, mm -hmm. how do you, I guess, see all this playing out? Do you see it being kind of um, almost like a smooth transition where it's, it moves into Bitcoin into, I guess, maybe using it as the lightning network um, to kind of, you know, encourage the use of the dollars at first and then eventually get to Bitcoin or uh, do you kind of see it as like a quick bloody, you know, transition where a lot of these fiat currencies are just failing across the, across the world. And then, you know, they have no other choice and they kind of move over to Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, you know, I would like to see it be peaceful. Um, but I don't know if we're going to be so lucky. Uh, it just depends on the time horizon and how fast the legacy system continues to crumble right i mean people are screaming uh about uh yields right now on treasury bills um just going astronomically high um and you know uh was it the british pound or something that's just dumping right now <laughs> right and you're like man like it, what a time to have bitcoin um but uh 
yeah, it's going to be tricky. I, I really hope it's a smooth transition. I think what, like I said, what Strike's doing, trying to integrate, um, maybe not with Visa, but um, I, I guess that's what they're doing. Um, it, it will be a little smoother for now, I guess. Uh, I think, I think uh, like maybe even just contracts in general will start integrating Bitcoin as like a, a hedge, right? It's like uh, you want to pay for a house. Okay, you, you put 1% in Bitcoin and 99% in, in dollars or um, you want a cell phone bill, you pay 1% in, in Bitcoin and 99% dollars. Um, and I think over time, people are just going to start using and trusting Bitcoin more than dollars. So then it's going to be like, oh, 5% in Bitcoin and 95% in, in whatever currency. And that's going to be 10%, 20%. And then we're just going to be like, well, we're just going to be using uh, Bitcoin for payment and everything and another of our contracts and whatnot. So um, yeah, like I said, I would love to see a smooth transition. Um, I think at some point it's going to be, and then they fight you, right? Like that classic, uh, classic line, um, whether that comes from, you know, people in general on the ground saying, oh, it's a scam or whether that's through um, politics, um, because, you know, Bitcoin is apolitical, but it's, it's, it seems to be right now, especially in Canada, um, it's very right winged, right side oriented. Um, because of the whole ESG FUD and all that, um, you know, that's a whole nother thing. So there's a lot of battles that are going to, you know, it's not one big battle, but uh, it's, it's small, small things here, small things there. Um, trying to get over those hurdles and, you know, um, educate people so that they're not just listening to politicians that have no clue about Bitcoin or anything, right? They're just talking out of their ass. Um, <laughs> like the other day, um one of this one of these canadian politicians just said uh no bitcoin is not going to be the new uh currency it's going to be like xrp and we were like what the heck like this is like a, a a popular politician in canada vouching and shilling for a corrupt corporate coin that's basically a cbdc <laughs> and you're like well you know what's new right i mean classic um so yeah i think it yeah with cbdcs too it that's also another battle and that's that one I don't think is going to be as, as pretty. Um, but um, I think the big battle, the main battle is going to be the paper Bitcoin versus the real Bitcoin, right? You're going to have so many people on Coinbase and Kraken and all these other exchanges um, in the future say, I want my Bitcoin. And then they're going to say, sorry, we can't give you your Bitcoin um, because it's only on our exchange. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of people, there's going to be a period of time where, there's going to be a run on the banks and you're either going to be holding Bitcoin in uh, a hardware wallet or uh, you're going to be holding it uh, on Coinbase and might not be as happy. So, uh, yeah, it's it's again, it's it, there's pros and cons. You know, I, I could be a filthy rich tomorrow, but then everyone else suffers. Um, you know, it's like that big short movie. You know, a lot of people are going to suffer. Um, so don't be laughing. But, um, you know, hopefully we. Um, are better for it afterwards. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I I, I don't know, from my perspective, I think it, it, whether it's the CBDCs or something else, there's going to be some way to try to get around um, not necessarily using Bitcoin. And I think eventually mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of a, a bloody transition for those that don't really embrace it. I think it's going to be kind yeah. of similar to what we've seen now, right? Where like some countries prosper and do really well while others suffer majorly. And yeah. so, you know, hopefully you're in a country that is more open to it and they, you know, transition over and, and you know, everything's not going to be smooth sailing. But, you know, uh, if the earlier they transition, the earlier they can get, you know, 
go through some of those bumps in the roads and, and other things like that. Um, and I still, yeah. think, you know, there's a lot of fiat nonsense going on, you know, like, like for example, the bank of England right now, uh, essentially said they're going to go through endless QE to buy UK bonds. Um, right. so, you know, it's like, when are these banks and, uh, countries going to learn? And for those who don't know, QE, uh in layman's terms i guess it's just like money printing and now the bank of england is going to buy uh uk bonds which is essentially governmental debt uh in order to do that so they're going to be printing money out of thin air uh after we're seeing these these massive amounts of inflation and other things like that and you know does this do you think like pointing to something like this kind of helps make the case for uh i guess uh a bitcoin or do you think like you know people are still kind of getting around to the fact where like hey you know i maybe they get another stimulus check or something like that and they're like hey this helps in the short term with inflation and inflation is caused by you know all these other geopolitical events like russia and invading ukraine mm -hmm. and all this and that and so they still kind of take the government side or do you think like we're starting to get to the point now where everybody's just you know, calling out the bullshit that is that is going on around here. Yeah, I mean, for the people that are awake, uh, we're calling out the bullshit. For all the people that are still asleep uh, and in the matrix, they love handouts, man. Like, you know, they're like, let's fix inflation by giving everyone another thousand or two thousand dollar stimmy check. It's like, that's not going to help. That's going to make it worse. Like, <laughs> let's let's fix inflation by adding more money. <laughs> that's like. Oh, the meme, the memes write themselves, man. It's it's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, for the people that are, are awake, I think this is kind of like, um, all right, listen, like things are getting wild. Shit is hitting the fan. Uh, you better be prepared, right? Um, and then other people are like, oh, yes, please give me more stimulus, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, QE is, is great for all risk on assets, including Bitcoin. Um, so if, you know, I think the big catalyst will be if the U.S. starts QE, right? I mean, everyone is looking at the Fed right now like it's like Jay Powell is like the, the, the Jesus of today's world right now, right? That guy speaks in Bitcoin and every other um, asset, stock, everything just goes like this. It's just insane. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's mainly because of, you know, um, algorithms and stuff like that. But um Man, that guy has way too much power uh, to quote Kanye, right? No man should have all that power. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. I don't like QE. I don't like QT. Um, that's just, you know, using leverage to benefit themselves. Um, but uh, going back to kind of like the distribution thing, right? Like Bitcoin's only 13 years old. So the faster it gets adopted, the more of a like... Um, you know, you, you'll have like your higher class and like middle class and lower class, like that separation is going to be a lot bigger. Whereas like if we wait like another 10 years, 20 years and like let people kind of get into it, hopefully before all the corporations just buy up all the Bitcoin, um, that's I think that's a net positive. Um, so it will help with wealth disparity. Um, but ultimately, Bitcoin is, you know, don't get poor over time, right? It's, it's just to save your wealth. Whereas like, yeah, QE is basically just seeping wealth from your bank account every day because you don't see it, but it you you see it in prices going up. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tricky balance, but uh, hopefully we can we can get through it without too much um, suffering. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I think like there's getting a lot more notice on it. Like people are, are starting to wake up and maybe it's just because of um, the echo chamber that I'm on in Bitcoin Twitter or what. And I mean, I'm seeing like even like Bukele, Nayib Bukele of the president of El Salvador, he's even tweeting publicly at some of these banks and going off on them. And, you know, I had Jaime on last week and we went into mm. details of, you know, all the positives that have kind of gone on around Bitcoin and El Salvador since Bukele has been elected. But, you know, like I, I, it's incredible, right? We've seen presidents and, uh, you know, the, like the former United States president Trump get banned on Twitter. And now we're seeing Bukele mm. kind of going at, you know, big institutions publicly. And, you know, luckily he hasn't been banned or essentially, you know, uh, censored or anything like that. But I think it's it's super interesting now where we're, we're seeing like you know, global figures having the access or the ability to essentially, you know, almost like troll other, other uh, institutions and things like that. So do you think, you know, like him doing this, do you think that it'll come off like somewhat positively and people will look into it? Or do you think like it'll just kind of keep the same opinion that people had of him where it's almost like, you know, a Trump kind of thing, right? Where no matter what he tweets or says or something, it's the worst. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can talk the talk, but uh, it's another thing to walk the walk, right? Um, I don't think we'll actually see how, you know, adopting Bitcoin benefits their country for another five, 10, 10 years. Right. But when that when that happens in 10 years and, and their entire country is 20 X wealthier uh, because of his decision, I think they uh, I think people will realize, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I got to start doing this. <laughs> right, I got to get some Bitcoin for myself. Um, but as for, you know, like social media and stuff like that, um, you know, even now there's so many hit pieces on things they don't like. Right. Like, um I don't know. I think they're blaming Russia for this whole oil pipeline thing that blew up. And, and it was like, wasn't it like Russia's pipeline or something? So it was like, why would they do that to themselves? And it was <laughs> it's just like, you know, so they will try and twist and turn and manipulate um, as much as possible as they've been doing for many, many years. Uh, it's not new. Uh, you know, COVID, I think, really woke people up. Um, just kind of, you know, seeing through that fake media, right? Like, People were, you know, saying about all these these deaths from COVID and you need to get your vaccine. And then, you know, it turns out the vaccine wasn't actually that good and might not be, you know, might not be uh, healthy and safe and effective. And um, so, yeah, it's it, they're just going to do whatever they can to um, push their narrative. And um, they they really don't I don't think they really like him <laughs> because of what he's doing. Right. Um the IMF wants to give them money so that they can control that country. They're not ex like when the IMF loans money to a poor country, they're not expecting that money back. They're basically just going to, um, you know, use that as um, leverage to control that, uh, control that country or whatnot. So, um, yep, they're going to manipulate all they want. Um, they're going to, they're going to fight, fight, fight. Um, they're going to go down with the ship. I think they're definitely not going to be um, letting go anytime soon. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I think, yeah, you're right on there. Like, you know, he's there. These people are going to go down with the ship. They're going to continue to kind of, I guess, double down in there. But I think, you know, Bukele challenging the IMF and essentially, you know, giving the double bird and saying fuck you to them and doing this whole move with Bitcoin is 
you know, the best thing that he could have done for El Salvador to get out of where they're at. You know, like you said, I think it's going to be a few years until like we'll see the extent of the positives. But I mean, I think just from, you know, the initial positives, right, you're seeing tourism and a lot of other things go up dramatically. And I think like, you know, we're, we're sitting here on a podcast talking about El Salvador. I had a full podcast on them uh, on El Salvador last week. And, you know, multiple people now, you know, are aware of El Salvador and all this and that and maybe have desires to travel there. And that's all because of the publicity that Bitcoin has given them. And so I think, uh, you know, once they get this volcano bonds kind of established, they start mining um, in their own country and doing all this stuff. You know, the, it's just going to be more positives overall for the economy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm extremely bullish on El Salvador going forward. So I, I hope that that continues and uh, things like that as well. So, um, but on the last note, you know, like we did, like we've mentioned a couple times during this podcast, we are in a bear market. And in bear markets, it seems to always affect a company in some, in some way, shape or form. Uh, so we've had the crypto mining data center sent uh, compute north is another one that has now filed for bankruptcy. It's said that they've owned about as much as uh, 500 million to at least 200 different creditors. And what I think is super interesting about this is they announced a series C raise in February. So just seven months ago that they wow. raised $285 million and its biggest partner is Marathon Digital. And it does have some other partners that are big players in the Bitcoin mining space. So, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of these Bitcoin miners have kind of gotten hit pretty hard when it comes to, um, you know, it's just this bear market in general. Obviously, you know, Compute North deals with a lot of shit coins as well and shit coin mining. But, you know, at the end of the day, Bitcoin mining is probably the biggest player. Um, so, you know, how do you think like some of these Bitcoin miners are going to start preparing for one the next having and two the next bear market like mm. do you think technology is going to be able to keep up or is uh you know maybe the uh i guess the end of the at home retail miner going to going to end here shortly where things become more costly to mine and uh you know it only makes sense to do it at a greater scale yeah, at the at home stuff is a little tricky right now because of all that energy stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's hard to comment on that one. I, I I wish it would be nicer to mine a home. I mean, even myself, I I host my miner, which is probably like the worst idea in the world, and it's definitely bitten me in the ass. Um, but it's the only way that I can mine without like dumping money down the toilet, right? Um, so. It I I think it will become more industrialized. But man, these companies are just like, I don't know. Are they dumb? Like it's like top 60 K plus it's like the miners are still accumulating. They're not selling. They're not selling. And then it's like, yeah, we're at 20 K. It's like, Oh, miners going bankrupt. I'm like, what? Like, do you guys not plan like years ahead? Like there are companies that, that, you know, put up a, uh, apartment uh, complex and they're like their ROI is like 20 years right and they put all the upfront costs so I don't understand why these why these Bitcoin or uh, crypto mining companies I don't know if they're just like leveraging up they're just they're just buying a crap ton of hardware expecting it to continue to rise like I don't know it's just it, it seems like every bear market this happens which is so odd like I don't like you you'd, you'd think they'd learn right at 
at least like, you know, sell enough so that you can afford, you know, maybe three months or sorry, not three months, like, you know, the next two, three years worth of electric or electrical costs or, you know, have like a fixed uh, energy rate for a certain amount of years. So at least you like are planning ahead. It just seems like some of these companies are not planning ahead and it is quite unfortunate. And obviously you can't predict the market, but come on, like you got to be at least a little bit smart here and, and know when to kind of lay off the gas and, you know, when, you know, the price per terahash is too high and when, when it's a good time to buy. Right. I mean, miners were going for like 10 K um, for an S19 at one point, and now they're at like three, four K. Um, so, you know, obviously there's better times to buy miners and, and, and least favorable times to buy miners, but you'd think on like a, on a, on a scale of, of giga gigawatts or, you know, um, these massive warehouses, you'd think that they would plan ahead, but, um, it just doesn't seem like, like they're doing that. Um, so I think that this market or this bear market is a little bit different so far because we haven't seen like a minor capitulation yet. Um, I don't know if we'll hit, we'll hit it. I don't know. I hopefully think that these, um, at least companies are getting a little smarter. (laughs) So they, like I said, they have some expenses for at least the next year or two, um, without going bankrupt, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Do you think uh, a big part of it kind of plays into maybe a, a lot of these CEOs that being their first that you know, they found Bitcoin and then they kind of created a company. So it was like their first time almost running a company. And then, you know, on another note, it's the first time like major companies like this are dealing with an asset or, you know, a commodity or whatever you want to call Bitcoin um, as volatile as Bitcoin. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I, I think there are a lot of newbies to the space. Um, you know, they, like uh, some of these hosted uh, services, they run their own mine and then they just have like a whole wall of racks for like hosted miners. And, you know, maybe they had a good setup for six miners, but for say 60 miners, uh, they have terrible airflow. Um, you know, there's like snow coming in through their vents in the winter <laughs> or, you know, it's like the dead of August and it's like they're in Texas and didn't realize how hot it gets or something. And they're just blowing hot air through their miners and, and just melting these chips. Like, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's so funny to like, it's just crazy. It's like, Oh, we weren't prepared for the heat. And you're like, it gets this hot every fucking year. Like, <laughs> what do you mean you were prepared for the heat? Like, you do you not know it, you know, and it goes from spring to summer, summer to fall, you know, this is a very common thing. Um, what do you mean? You know? So, uh, I, I definitely think there's a lot of amateurs out there that we didn't realize, um and i guess we just maybe overestimated um you know the the preparedness of these companies i guess right so yeah, yeah exactly and i mean it's not easy to re- to run a company and then you know the, uh, especially a company where you're just kind of starting off and you know it goes through these almost like four year cycles in bitcoin so you have to be prepared for another downturn almost immediately as as soon as you get out of one so yeah. uh, hopefully i think you know a lot of these companies are going to start learning and it, it'll just bring more uh, and better run companies out on the other side. And hopefully, they, like I said, they're, they're more prepared coming up for the next bear market, whenever that may be. So um, and on that note, uh, Dee, you've been very generous with your time today. I know we did a little bit earlier in the afternoon. So for those that uh, made it out in the chat, I really appreciate it. Uh, but Dee, why don't you tell everybody what you got going on and where they can find you? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for moving up the time. And uh, we were, we were both a little busy later tonight. So uh, thanks again. And you know, you've, you've been an awesome host. Uh, look forward to hopefully doing this again. 
Um, you can find me on Twitter. My name's HODLD, um, and I work for CoinKite. Uh, if you're looking for uh, help or education, just shoot us an email at support at coinkite.com. I'm happy to help you out, whether it's, uh, you know, product related or even just Bitcoin related, happy to help. Um, and uh, yeah, so looking forward to uh, hopefully going to some more conferences in the future and meeting up with uh, my boy Brandon here. Um, obviously, Texas was great. Loved hanging out with you, man. And uh, yeah, look forward to doing it again, uh, again soon. Yeah, man, for sure. We definitely got to get to another conference. And then maybe uh, when you guys do that uh, Canadian Bitcoiners conference or whenever oh, that yeah. is, or Bitcoin Canada or whatever they're going to call it, um, yeah. maybe make an appearance up there. Um, as sure, long as not like maybe on that wanted list for donating to the convoy or something like that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, maybe I'll make it up to the Great White North. So, D, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can connect again soon. Absolutely, man. Cheers. Take care.